That's all we need as believers. Hold on to that. You can lose all the other stuff, but never forget what he did for us on the cross. We just thank him for all that he is to us. I thank the Lord for this opportunity to declare his word. I thank him for how he uses his people to share his word. First, giving honor to God, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the blessed Holy Spirit that dwells within me. To the shepherd of this house in his absence, Pastor Tony Benson, thank him for the opportunity. To all the elders, ministers, deacons, and all that's in leadership, thank you for inviting my wife and I to worship with you. I'm just going to read a portion of the scripture that was read and have prayer and then get on with it. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for another opportunity to declare your word. Father, I pray that you will take me out of self, fill me with your blessed Holy Spirit so that I may declare your word with power and authority. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the church say amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. I want to speak to you for a short time. Just give me about an hour and a half or so. <laughs> I'm not going to wear your patience too long. Uh, I want to give you just what the Lord has given me to share with you. The title for this message is Three Kinds of Prayer. And I should have um, changed that up a little bit. It's not so much as kinds of prayer, but aspects of prayer. And this passage of scripture is an important part of Jesus' teaching about prayer. So it actually speaks about the aspects of prayer that should be a part of all of our Christian walk. And I think about 
as we pray and we go to God for things, sometimes we forget who has it all. God, I, I think um, Tony Evans said, God is like what 7-Eleven used to be. I don't know if any of you know about 7-Elevens. They were open 24-7. And you could go there for anything. If you were out of milk, you could go to 7-Eleven. If you were out of bread, you could go to 7-Eleven. When everybody else was closed, 7-Eleven was open. God is like that for us. He has everything. He's always there. Not sometime. He's always there. <clears throat> you can go to him anytime, anywhere, any circumstance, any situation. He's right there. He's better than 7-Eleven because sometimes they would let you down. But he would never let you down. We've gotten away from thinking of God in that way. We sort of have gotten used to the, the big chains, like Walmart kind of situation. We'll go to Dr. Phil and Oprah before we go to God about a situation. We've forgotten that he is the sustainer of all things. He's our healer. He's our deliverer. He's our everything. When we talk about prayer, prayer is a <clears throat> earthly request for heavenly intervention. We go to God in order to get our situation taken care of. So as we look at this scripture in Matthew 7 and verse 7, it tells us to ask, to seek, and to knock. We're going to take those in that order. The ask part of that scripture. In James chapter 4, verse 2 in part says that you have not because you ask not. Sometimes we take God for granted. We say, well, he knows what I need, so I'm not going to pray about that. I'm going to pray about this big stuff. You go to God for everything. And sometimes he's not going to move until you ask him. So that's why we don't have what we want to have because we don't ask him. The dictionary defines this verb ask as to make a request for a favor. Just go to just anybody to ask for something. You can't go to a stranger and expect that the stranger is going to give you what you're asking for.
Can I end on? Amen. You hear me? So we can't go to a stranger and expect to get what we ask for, but we certainly can go to our earthly fathers and mothers to ask, and we do expect to get what we ask for. But not even that can we have an assurance that we're going to get it. But the Bible says that God is our heavenly father. You can go to him anytime for anything. But in order to go to the Heavenly Father, you have to have a relationship with him. Just anybody can go to him. They don't know him as their Heavenly Father. You have to have a relationship. The only way that you can have a relationship with the Father is to go through the Son. He said, no one goes unto the Father but by me. So that relationship is necessary. <clears throat> John chapter 14, verse 6 said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So you got to know Jesus in order to get to the Father. According to Matthew 21 and 22, there are conditions when you go to him and ask him. First of all, you have to ask in faith. <clears throat> After you ask in faith, then you have to act in faith. Let's not confuse faith with self-confidence. It's not about you. It's not about your abilities. You can't get it done. So we have to leave it in the hands of the Father. It's not gambling. It's not taking a chance. It's not blind faith. It's leaving your life in the hands of the master. It's the conviction that the invisible God will provide us with what we hope for. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is like when you're stepping out in the space, and you don't see a step, but you step anyhow. That's the kind of faith that we're talking about. We're not talking about the surface kind of faith, and not even sometimes saving faith. You got to go a little deeper than that. You have to have sometimes mountain moving faith. So once you have the faith, you got to act on it. The Bible says in James 2 and 26, <clears throat> for as the body without the spirit is dead, 
So faith without works is dead. We show that we have faith when we act on it. Our action shows who we are and whose we are. Faith of a believer can atrophy sometimes. And that's, I know some people don't know what that word means, but sometimes if you don't stay active, your muscles will atrophy. That means they will get, they will shrink on you. The same thing with faith. If you don't use it, you lose it. The things that you could have, you don't have. Because you did not act on what the Lord has already told you. If we don't know what the Lord has told us, that means we are lacking in getting in the Word. It's the Word that's going to get you through. So you have to stay in the Word. Faith isn't just something that you talk about. A lot of people will talk about having faith, but then when they go through a situation, then they get all out of sorts. So you're just talking about faith. It is not something you talk about. It's something that you do. James 1 and 22 says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Faith is only activated when we act. The Bible says in Mark 23 and 24, For verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he hath said of shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, whatever things ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. One of the ways we act in faith is to believe that we already got what we prayed for. This puts no limits on a believer's prayer as long as they are according to God's will and his purpose. God's will is being unfolded through all of the redemptive history by means of the prayers of God's people. The next part of our message is to seek. So what do we seek? We have to pray in accordance to God's will. So first we have to seek God's will for what we're praying for. God's not going to just give you just anything. If it's outside of his will, guess what? It ain't happening. So we have to pray in God's will. There was this story about 
a prisoner that he was in prison and he bowed, he was bound his head and praying. And one of the other prisoners said to him, ain't no use you praying because you ain't going to get out of here any sooner. And the prisoner lifted up his head and said, I wasn't praying to the Lord that I get out of here. What I was praying is that I do God's will. And that's powerful that he was in a situation where he had made mistakes and he was paying for those mistakes, but he didn't forget who his master was. So sometimes we can get in those situations, but don't forget to focus on the one who can take care of what you need. So we have to pray within God's will. James 4 and 3 says you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. You, you have the wrong motives. If you don't have the right motives, you're wasting your time. Sometimes we go and have ulterior motives when we're praying for stuff. God knows all things. <laughs> he knows everything. All things that you say, all things that you do, all things that you're thinking. He knows it. Sometimes we forget that our thoughts are what gets us in trouble. Before it goes to the heart, it goes up here. And then it sinks down through. So really, it's a heart thing. If your heart ain't right, that means that your, your life is not right. You got to get with the Lord's will because he will not answer prayers that's contrary to his word and to his will. Sometimes we don't have the best intentions. When we pray, your selfish desires are not in the will of God. Sometimes we fall back into our old self. We go back to the B.C. days, before Christ. And we think that we can get over those days when you become a believer are over. You have to forget about that, even though we're still in this flesh. That's what gets us in trouble. We're still in this flesh, and we forget that the flesh is weak. God is mighty. So if you stay in him, you're going to be all right. In Matthew, our text Chapter 7, verses 9 through 11. It says, Oh, what man or what man is there of you whom, if his son asks bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to good, give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father who is in heaven 
give good things to them who ask him. So if your earthly father will give their sons and daughters what they need, will not God give you all that you ask for? We learn here that God will not answer our prayers if what we pray for will harm us, will not be a benefit to us. Even your earthly fathers will not give you stuff that's not going to benefit you. So you know that your heavenly father will do much more than your earthly father. He cares for us. He wants nothing but the best for us. In Philippians 4 and 19, it says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God will supply all of our material and spiritual needs. He has infinite resources. It all belongs to him. God promised to provide all our needs, not our wants. Sometimes we get in the habit of turning needs from wants to needs. You can't change those wants into needs. You can't get over on God. He knows what we need, and he's going to provide it. We have to have the kind of faith in God that it's almost, people talk about having mustard seed faith. Yeah, that'll work. But if you have mountain-moving faith, that's even better. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to the Lord that he gave me the kind of faith that I believe everything that he said. I don't doubt anything that he said. He has given me the gift of faith, and I thank him for that. My life scripture is Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I'm one of the called. Everything that happens in my life is working for my good. It might not look good. It might not feel good. But it's working for my good. And I thank him for every trial, every tribulation that he takes me through because I know that he's preparing me for something even better than I'm having right now. So we get to the point of wanting to know, so how do we discern God's will? I'm glad you asked that question. John chapter 7, verse 17 says, If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. And what that 
is saying is that if we know God's word, if we get in God's word, we will know what his will is. That's the only way that you're going to know God's will. It's to stay in the word. And I don't mean just reading scripture. A lot of times we go through the motions of when we do our devotions in the morning, we say our prayer, we read scripture, say our prayer and stuff, and we're looking at the clock and we say, well, I got to be here at a certain time. So you give that quickie prayer and you give that quickie reading. You don't really meditate on the word. You're just reading it and then go on about your daily task. We have to study the word of God. You have to get into it and digest it to know what the Lord wants for your life. You just can't do a surface kind of study. You have to dig deep. So that means you got to spend some time with him. A lot of times we don't want to spend that time. Those that are committed to doing the will of God will be guided by him in confirmation through his truth. God's truth is self-verifying through the teaching of the Holy Spirit. Whenever I decide to write a message, I seek what the Lord wants for me. I have ideas that I want to preach on, but throughout the week, the Lord will give me confirmation. That way I know I'm on the right track. John 15 and 7 says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Prayers get answered when we maintain an intimate relationship with God through his word. That's because you'll find your will will end up aligning with his will. But you got to be in the word. True believers submit to God's word, and because of our commitment to his word, we are devoted to his will. Therefore, our prayers are fruitful, and that puts God's glory on display as he answers. By obeying what you already know to be God's will, your prayers will automatically line up. God is very clear about many features of his will. In Psalms 119, 105, the psalmist says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God is our main tool for testing his will. Although it was written over 3,000 years ago, it still had the answers that we need. God's word provides illumination to our walk without stumbling. Sometimes, though, we get off track. We take detours. That's why we get in trouble. We take detours from what the word says. Sometimes we do what I like to call tiptoe through the tulips. 
We like to take them side roads where it looks all pretty to us, appealing to the flesh, not to the spirit man. So we get sidetracked sometimes. That's why we stumble and fall. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14 says, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Consulting your spiritual leaders is another reliable method that we can use to discern God's will. You have a plethora of elders, ministers, your pastor, most importantly. Trust their counsel. You have deacons that you can lean on. Trust their counsel. That way we could know whether we're on the right track or not. Don't seek counsel for someone that's going to pacify you. You don't want to talk to someone that you know that they're going to give you the answer that you're looking for. Because you don't want to yield to what the Lord is really telling you to do. So you try to get someone on your side. So it don't seem too bad because, oh, he, sister so-and-so agreed with me. <laughs> Brother so-and-so agreed with me. So I know I'm in good hands. I, I'm, I'm seeking counsel. Word says seek counsel, I seek counsel. <laughs> so I just didn't do it on my own. But that ain't going to work if you're looking for someone to counsel you that's going to give you something that you want to hear. You got to seek spiritual counselors and spiritual answers. Not fleshly, all spiritual. So that gets us to our last aspect of prayer, which is not. This prayer is an accessory prayer. An important prayer. I know that you all are on a 40-day fast and prayer counting. My congregation is doing the same thing. We aren't fasting. We're fasting, but not in the food sense, but we're giving up something. you got to give up something, excuse me, to get you where you need to get to. We have so many distractions that we, we have to give up that idiot box that I call it. TV. Some people are tied to their TV. They know when their shows come on, what time they end, what day it is. <laughs> and we have to give that up sometimes. I just turn the TV off. If I'm studying, I can't, I can't read. I can't do anything if that TV is on. It's a distraction to me. So I can't even have music on. My wife, she loves to have music on, and she can do it. I can't. It's just too distracting for me. So you got to give up something. 
So intercessory prayer is praying for others. In the early church, this was as important as worship, sound doctrine, and fellowship. In Acts 2 and 42, it tells us that they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Intercessory prayer is a unifying agent. And what I mean by that is when you have, like you're doing right now with that prayer calendar, you're praying for the same thing. Everyone is praying for the same thing. You might not be praying at the same time, but you're praying the same day about the same thing. God honors that. He will honor that when we pray for someone else more than he's going to give for us. So he wants us to pray for one another. Pray for your ministries. Pray for everything that is spiritual, that's going to benefit you in the long run. Because I looked at that prayer calendar, and everything on there is lined up with the Word of God, and it's what we need in our churches. In order for your church to grow and be stronger, we have to be unified. We have to be of one mind. And when I'm saying, talking about one mind, I'm not saying that we all think the same way. We're not robots. We all have different ideas. But the unity is in the focus on what the Word says. The unity comes when we are focusing on the same issues. And it doesn't say in Scripture that intercessory prayer is more powerful than any other prayer. But to me, it's important that we focus on something that's going to benefit us as a whole, not just individually, that is going to benefit us as a whole. One unifying group. God is looking for that kind of church in these last and evil days, that we come together as one. And as one, focusing on what the Word said. What did God say about it? So intercessory prayer is important. In Luke chapter 22, verses 31 and 32, it says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou hast converted, strengthen thy brethren. Most of the time, Jesus prayed for others more than he prayed for himself. He prayed that each individual will be more in tune with what God said. He wants the best for us. That's why he prayed for his people. He wanted the best for them. In 1 Samuel 12 and 23, it says, 
Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and right thing. The Bible says that if we fail to intercede for our brethren, it is sinful in the eyes of the Lord. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says, I exhort you, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. The Bible urges us to pray for our leaders, that God will give them the wisdom that they need to lead. And Lord knows our leaders need prayer. The leaders of our government need prayer. You got to pray for him. I know some people say, well, I ain't praying for that man. All the stuff that he's doing, I ain't praying for him. We are required to pray for them. Pray that they have the wisdom to lead in the right way. We have to pray for them. The only reason that things ain't really going haywire in the world is because we are here. The Lord takes care of his people. So no matter what they do down there, God's got your back. He's going to take care of you regardless. So we have to pray for the leaders of our country and the leaders of our state, of our county and our cities, because they need prayer, that they make wise decisions, not selfish decisions. And we see a whole lot of corruption going on because everybody's thinking about themselves. It's not any time that you can't pick up a paper or read some news articles not talking about someone that embezzled money or, or did something under the, under the table to take care of them. Not us, take care of them. So we need to pray for those leaders. So why is intercessory prayer important? Philippians 2 and 4 tells us, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. When we intercede for others, we express our concern to God about interests of others, not just our own interests. According to Genesis chapter 18, verses 23 to 33, when we intercede for others, we delay God's wrath and accelerate his deliverance. Also, when we intercede, we actually pray according to the desire of God's heart. If you remember back in Genesis when Abraham paid, prayed for Sodom, he already knew that God was going to destroy Sodom. So he said, Lord, will you destroy the saints with the wicked? He said, if I find 50 
that would, that's on your side, I'm paraphrasing now, will you save them and not come down on them? The Lord said, yeah, if you find 50, I'll spare them. Then he kept working his way down. He went to 45, down to 40. Lord, if there are 40, if there's 40, if I find 40 that's faithful to you, will you spare them? The Lord said, yeah, if you find 40. Went on down to 30 and ended up down to 10. He said, Lord, if I find 10, would you spare them? Lord said, yeah, if you find 10, I will spare him. The Lord could not find 10. But he did save Lot and his family because they were tied up in the ways of what was going on there. And Lord knows it wasn't right, all the stuff that was going on in Sodom. But the Lord will delay what he wants to do if we pray. And you've got to stay with it. You just can't pray one day and then give it up. And don't pray for it again. Wait for an answer. The Lord will answer three ways. He'll say yes, no, or wait. So if he doesn't, didn't say yes, he didn't say no, so guess what? Keep on waiting. But don't stop praying about it. Keep on waiting. It's going to show up sooner or later. The Lord is faithful to his people. Now, just to wrap this up, I want to urge you to spend some time with Jesus. The one who went by way of Bill de la Rosa, that Jesus, the one who took his cross up on Golgotha Hill and they nailed him to the cross, his hands and his feet. You mean that Jesus? Yes, that Jesus. The one who hung his head and died for you and died for me. You mean that Jesus? Yes, that Jesus. You mean the one that they buried in a barred tomb and he laid there three days and three nights? You mean that Jesus? Yeah, that Jesus. You mean the one that didn't stay there, he got up. He ascended into heaven and now he sits on the right hand of the Father interceding for you and interceding for me. You mean that Jesus? Yeah, that Jesus. That's the one I want you to spend time with. The one who knows all things. The one who provides us with all things. The one that's going to be there when, you're, when your best friend is not going to be there for you. The one that's going to be there when your mother and your father's not going to be with you. You mean that Jesus? Yeah, that Jesus. Spend a little time with him. If you spend time with Jesus... Go to him with all your problems, all your situations. Everything is going to be all right. The, word, the songwriter told me, have a little talk with Jesus, and everything will be all right. That's the Jesus I want you to spend time with you.
Spend time with him. Don't just give him surface stuff. Give him deep down stuff. That's the kind of thing that he wants us to do. He wants us to earnestly come to him. Pray to him. He's going to answer by and by. It may not be what we wanted. It's going to be on time, and it's going to be right. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.